You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I couldn't think of a fun little segue to to just talk about this main topic of what I'm going to be ranting on, or not ranting, but just gushing over. Keith Lee is all elite. Could you describe a more perfect debut for somebody? So we're not going to waste any time. We're just going to get right into this, Okay. Uh, AEW Dynamite was hailing from Atlantic City, New Jersey the other night. A cesspool of a city, of a town in New Jersey. I'm from there. I know. I've been there. Trust me. Atlantic City, New Jersey is not a fun place to be. I was down there once for an old co-worker's 21st birthday years ago. And I was driving down with some friends. And this lady was clearly cracked out. Standing in the middle of the street. I'm at the stop sign right down the street from the hotel we're going to be staying at, and she just stumbles over to my car, and she's tweaking out. She just, Right as she's about to open her mouth, I'm not looking at her. I'm looking straight at the road, and then I just pull a, pull the window right up. She stops what she's doing. Light turns green. She's still tweaking out in the middle of the road. So fuck Atlantic City, just so you know. MJF is not wrong. I'm not gonna, he's not, he shouldn't have wrestled in a cesspool like Atlantic City. He was absolutely right. We'll get to MJF later. Let's just get into this, okay? Sorry for the... Uh, for uh, going off a bit, as we do here. Keith Lee comes in. He is facing Isaiah Cassidy in a qualifying match for the uh, face of the revolution ladder match. And, man, this is this is exactly what we needed. This is exactly what we wanted from Keith Lee. This is what we wanted from Keith Lee in WWE in on the main roster. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's not hard. It is completely easy to book a guy like Keith Lee. He's big. He is charismatic as all hell. He can move like nobody else. I mean, he's unique. And you need more people in wrestling who's unique. And for some reason, they wanted him to go back down to NXT for developmental because he needs to learn how to move like a big man, damn it. And they didn't have some stupid fucking singlet over that beautiful chest of his. No, he took off that jacket and there you saw everything basking in his glory, as the man loves to say. He is, it was absolutely incredible. Isaiah Cassidy was, I think, a a great opponent choice for Keith Lee to bump around. And it was great to see him just, uh, you know, throwing Isaiah Cassidy so high up in the air. (laughs) Just launching him. Isaiah Cassidy, I've always said before, uh, I always hated his his high-pitched scream when he was a babyface. However, though, when he's a heel, it's so much better. I remember hearing it the first time. Like, that's, yeah, that's that's annoying as a babyface. And it's annoying as a heel, too, but at least it makes sense to the heel. I mean, that's, 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 anyway, that's, it was just a really fun little match. It was a great match highlighting Keith Lee's uh, in-ring ability. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy going for the Instaguri and Keith Lee just swatting him like a fucking fly. Uh, you know, after the match, Keith Lee just uh, they Isaiah Cassidy throwing himself over the top rope. Keith Lee just catching him, throwing him down, and then as Mark Quinn is doing a flip over the ropes, Keith Lee catches him into a powerbomb position. I mean, the guy is just firing on all cylinders as we know he can. This this was independent wrestler Keith Lee. This was NXT Keith Lee. This is the Keith Lee that we all know and love. And I am so, so happy and so excited as to what he's going to do next, as to where he's going to go. I mean, after that main event match with Hangman Page and Lance Archer, I really want to, I just want to see Keith Lee at main event, main event, well, yes, main event, I want to see him wrestle everybody, Hangman Page, Lance Archer, uh, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, you've seen Cole and Keith Lee face off together, but have him face off again, uh, you know, have him go up against Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, CM Punk, uh, MJF, John Moxley, 
just the 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 possibilities are endless and they are limitless if i could if i didn't make him sound more like howard finkel than than uh than myself makes sound like like keith lee i don't even know what the fuck i'm saying right now oh man it's it's just really great man you know it's just nice to see that when we releases a talent like this and they clearly clearly drop the ball on somebody like Keith Lee and then he comes up in AEW and he rocks that and he rocks in and has his amazing debut I mean what more can be said he is absolutely limitless the debut I just again is nothing short of perfect like I really don't know what else to say about it you know Keith Keith I mean, Keith is he's the man, dude. Uh, one thing I really want to see is I really, really want to see Keith Lee versus Samoa Joe. And right now, Samoa Joe is not contracted to anybody at the moment. Um, I'm pretty sure because he was an NXT talent, his nine, he went from a 90-day to a 30-day non-compete clause. So if it's been 30 days, which I think it has, Samoa, I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe could show up where he wants to without any repercussions like contract tampering or anything like that and i would just love to see keith lee versus samoa joe i was thinking about this the other day actually yesterday i was saying this to my girlfriend i was saying to her do you rem- do you do you, did you know at one point wwe had all these guys under their umbrella in their company at one point the same exact time some of these guys i'm about to mention are still there some are not Keith Lee, Samoa Joe, Walter, and Drew McIntyre. Now, Walter versus Drew McIntyre, because I refuse to call him that other word, that other ridiculous name they gave him. Not ridiculous, but that ridiculous, not other ridiculous, but you get what I mean. We could still see Walter versus Drew McIntyre. Um, We did see Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee on Raw. Pretty good match. But I don't believe we got Joe versus Drew McIntyre, if I remember correctly. We never got Walter versus Joe. We never got Keith Lee versus Walter. We never got Keith Lee versus Samoa Joe. Now, I think we could still get Samoa Joe in AEW somehow. But the guy has money. The guy can pretty much kind of do whatever he wants. Um, It's just nice to see that talent like Keith Lee is handled properly very well um as far as a first major feud he could go into i'm not sure who that could be maybe he's going to continue some stuff with private party and matt hardy um maybe looking at the aew roster can help to see where he could potentially start a feud with i guess we'll go over to the aew roster right here um i mean we think of guys like, you know, uh, Adam Page, but he has to work in the rankings. D- Brian Danielson. How could I forget Brian Danielson and, and Keith Lee? That'd be a great match. Another guy who, I mean, I haven't we haven't seen him in a long time, Brian Cage. I think he's not going to resign an AEW contract, but that would be cool. Cage versus uh, Keith Lee. Um, we could. I would love to see Eddie Kingston and Keith Lee. Eddie, Eddie Kingston, man. Uh, Jungle Boy, you know, we said John Moxley, because we see John Moxley, uh, Lance Archer, Kyle O'Reilly versus Keith Lee would be great, uh, Luchasaurus and Keith Lee, um, MJF at some point, Keith Lee, Miro and Keith Lee, Malachi Black and Keith Lee, Pac, Pentagon, Ray Phoenix, Orange Cassidy, uh, Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee would be very, very interesting to say the least. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs, Sting, like, the, it's endless, man. You know, I would love to see any of this. Wardlow, my dude Wardlow. Any of this stuff would be great. You know, uh, it's it's just nice to see people like Keith Lee get a good position, you know? It's just nice to see him be handled well, you know? All, all these guys who have come from WWE to AEW just doing so, so well for themselves. Um... I guess if I have to, if I would pick uh, Keith Lee's first uh, feud coming into the company, I would personally, hmm, I'd like it to be someone like 
someone really technical, you know? I mean, I, I mean, I think the one person people think about automatically, I mean, at least a lot of people do, is Kenny Omega. Omega will be, you know, kind of busy, but I think a really great guy, Archer will be good too, but I don't think Archer would uh, be, I wouldn't want him to, to have to lose another feud, presumably, you know, having to put Keith Lee over, but I think it would be a thing of where it's just like Archer just lost to the world champion, and it's, you know, I, I and I was thinking about this watching the that world title match. I don't think Lance Archer's ever going to become world champion AEW. I think they do believe in him, and he's a great wrestler, and I think he's very underrated for how he's booked. But I think I don't think he'll ever be world champion. I would love for him to be world champion, but I just don't think he will. Um, I don't know. That that being said, I would really like it if maybe, eh, maybe maybe Eddie Kingston once he's done with this whole thing, maybe Eddie Kingston Keith Lee as the first feud, or you know maybe an MJF Miro, something like that. I, I you know what I give him Miro Miro versus Keith Lee would be a nice feud to start off with. Uh, moving on. Uh, we're gonna go through other parts of AEW Dynamite that happened this past Wednesday. Just want to kick things off with my boy Keith Lee. Don't you, don't you ever forget about Keith, because WWE did, and he will never, ever be forgotten, ever again. So, let's get into what happened. In AEW Dynamite kicked off with uh, MJF being more of a prick, <laughs> which. It started it started off with Wardlow coming down to the ring and he has these cutouts of MJF. One where he's choking CM Punk with the with the tape that's around his arm, the other with him in the CM Punk pose and uh you know, you know the in the sitting cross leg and opening his arms out. So he's saying that he, you know, he he beat CM Punk twice in his hometown of Chicago. You know, he comes down on this on this throne with these these guys carrying him down the ring. These two girls uh, in, like, white gowns come down. You know, one of them, he, he as he's getting to the ring, give him a kiss on the cheek. The other one, he just full-on makes out with and just sticks his tongue down her throat. Uh, was not expecting that at all. Um, but it's because as it goes down, like, Wardlow is being treated like a, you know, like an afterthought. He's been treated like a guy who's just like, ugh. Like, he's putting up with MJF. And... You know, he he set up the stuff. He gave uh, Justin Roberts that that uh, that book, and you know the pinnacle. Everybody else in the pinnacle gets an entrance. FTR and Tully Blanchard get an entrance. Sean Spears gets an entrance, and obviously MJF got an entrance. And as he's going down, and he's and he's running down the crowd, and you know, uh, out comes CM Punk. Tony Schiavone goes out to hold a microphone near Punk, and Punk wants a rematch. And MJF says that, you know. You're, you know, it's done, that's it, and Punk interrupts, and he says, no, 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 I don't want a rematch, I want the guy who beat me, Wardlow. So what this was is that Punk is clearly trying to put a divide between MJF and Wardlow, or the pinnacle in Wardlow, I guess, and to really further that Wardlow-MJF split, which is bound to be coming pretty soon, I'd have to say. Uh, and MJF prior, he had mentioned guys, you know, that he's the best. He beat the best in the world, so he's better. That he's better than Omega. He's better than Cole. He's better than Hangman. He's better than. Uh, he starts listing the guys down, and a lot of them he's he's mentioned. He's never even, Danielson. A lot of them he's never even wrestled. The only one he's faced is Hangman Page. And I'm pretty sure Hangman Page beat MJF, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I think it was Page and it was MJF who were the finalists in the very first ever uh, Diamond Ring Battle Royal. So I think, yeah, it was, I think he's beaten. The only one he's beaten is Page. He has. He's never faced Omega. He's never faced Danielson. He's never faced uh, Adam Cole. So it's more credence, like you know, of him being a cocky heel. And as Punk comes down, he's, he wants to rematch with Wardlow, and, and he's, he wants to, you know, really it's a rematch with Max, with MJF. So he comes down and says he's not alone, Then he has Darby Allin and Sting with him. Punk wants another shot against, uh, he wants another shot against MJF, and MJF says that he beat Punk by himself and that Wardlow is his best friend, when really he was, 
prior to that, he was saying like, I want, and I really need to help thank the guy who helped me beat Wardlow, uh, helped me beat MJ, uh, <laughs> helped me beat CM Punk. And as Wardlow slowly starting to come over, it's like Sean Spears, and Wardlow's like, mm-hmm, this fucking asshole. So FTR won a match with CM Punk and uh, a rematch, and he's like, fine, like I get to choose one. It's like a partner you're choosing. MJF says that if you you if you beat FTR with a partner you're choosing, you can get the rematch. However, you can't pick Tweedledee and Tweedle Dipshit over there, pointing at Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, and everyone's wondering, well, what are you going to do? Who is going to face uh, FTR with MJF? This is a very good segment and really, really uh, well done. I really enjoyed that. Wardlow then had a squash match with the Blade because MJF said right after, you better go get ready, Wardlow, because you got a match next. And you can see the frustration in his face. I feel like this is going to end up happening where Wardlow is going to, eventually, he's going to beat the shit out of MJF. He's going to powerbomb so many times. MJF will fire him. And then maybe we won't see Wardlow on our TVs for, TV screens for a while. And then maybe we'll have like an in-ring segment with Tony Schiavone and, uh, and MJF. And then Tony Schiavone says, like, I have been informed that AEW just signed this wrestler and it, here comes Wardlow. So Wardlow, again, the, the kayfabeness of the story is that Wardlow is an employee of MJF, not AEW. Um... Next up, Pentagon Jr. Uh, ripped up the his uh, Lucha Underground mask. Uh, I, I didn't get to watch Dynamite Live. I actually just watched it before I started recording this. Uh, that uh, apparently that's his Lucha Underground. That is Lucha Underground mask. I wouldn't have known that if I watched live. But uh, you know, leading into more of the of the uh, the House of Black and Lucha Brothers feud. And then next we had the inner circle versus uh, the inner circle versus the inner circle segment where attendance is mandatory. I don't know what Jericho's doing right now. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chris Jericho. He's one of my favorites ever, and argue I could argue he's the greatest ever, just for longevity and, and how he's been able to reinvent himself. I'm just not sure if this particular thing is working. So the inner circle, three fifths of the inner circle, come down: Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, and Chris Jericho. And, you know, he said, like, you know, I promised the inner circle would be here, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then out comes Santana and Ortiz. And Santana, Santana and Ortiz say they are done playing second fiddle to Jericho. And Santana says that if he if it wasn't for Ortiz, he would have already whooped Jericho's ass. Um, real quickly, we I think we are reminded just how good Santana or and Ortiz, but Santana is on the mic. This segment was really well done. Doing, putting in the uh, the uh, the 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 I guess the eventual split of Santana and Ortiz from the inner circle because my personal opinion I think the inner circle has peaked they've done everything they could do as a heel group they've done everything they could do as a babyface group um, one could argue oh you could have all of them as champions at the same time and would that be cool yes I guess it would be cool. But honestly, Jericho's not going to be the world champion for a long... He's probably never going to be world champion again. Santana and Ortiz, I don't see them being tag team champions unless they're outside of the inner circle, which, you know, we go on to say, Jericho says that Santana reminds him of Eddie Guerrero and that, you know, you know, very you know, he says what's on his mind, very emotional sometimes, and Jericho says Eddie Kingston hasn't done anything for him, that, you know, he put him in the main event, you know, Dynamite Rampage pay-per-views, and Jericho points out that, you know, uh, Santana and Ortiz had also said prior that if it wasn't for Chris Jericho, they'd be World Tag Team Champions right now, and they're and they holding him back. And Jericho cl uh, pointed out that the, that the Bucks beat Santana and Ortiz for the tag team titles. And then he speculates maybe he brought the wrong members of LAX to join. And Santana is getting really pissed. And then Jericho goes, hey, Jake, do you have Homicide and Hernandez number? And then right before he could even say number, Santana just grabs Jericho by the throat. And they are then Jericho grabs Santana by the throat. And then Sammy tries to intervene like, guys, 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 stop. Come on, come on, come on, stop. We're a family. And then and then the, Jericho pushes Sammy. goes, shut up, Sammy. And then Jericho realized what he did was wrong, and he's trying to like Sammy. And then he and then he shoves away Chris Jericho, and Sammy says that he one of his goals is to be one of the greatest champions ever in, in pro wrestling history, and all this bickering is going to hold him back. And you know, he's like, I don't know what's going on to you guys, 
but we're a family. I love you guys. You got to knock this shit off pretty much is what he's saying. He's like, you know what? I quit this group once. I don't, if you don't get your shit together, I'll do it again. Somebody on Wikipedia may have jumped the gun because they say Sammy Guevara is out of the inner circle. And he might be. So he's quit. he said he's quit before. He'll leave again. Santana says, you know, he wants to settle this in the ring and a match with Jericho and Hager uh, for next week. And Ortiz said, you know, you know, you where we come from and our time, we don't handle th- by doing this. And he's you know, talking. We handle by using this, the fists. And Jericho's like, I hope I was hoping it didn't have to come down to this. But next week, if that's what it's going to take, then that's what it's going to take. I think it better be there. And attendance is mandatory. And Jericho also called himself the influencer. I'm not sure where this is going to go. I'm not sure if this is going. This is kind of supposed to be a heel turn for either for either guys. I would say this is more of a Chris Jericho heel turn rather than a Santana and Ortiz heel turn. Eddie Kingston's a babyface. Uh, you know, I think Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston would be a nice refresher of a, of a group. You know, hardening back to the LAX days rather than Chris Jericho. Uh, you know, and this whole thing. I don't know, man. I, I I don't think this this whole influencer thing of AEW is gonna stick. Uh, I'm not sure what's gonna happen because the way I see things going for the inner circle, you know, if they, if they are indeed splitting up, which I think they should because they've they've had everything, they've done everything they can so far. Um, Santana and Ortiz, I think, will be fine. They'll be tag team champions at some point. Jericho is Jericho. He'll always be fine. Sammy is the current TNT champion. I think will be a future world champion. Within about a year or two, Jake Hager. I'm not sure what Jake Hager's gonna do. I think Jake Hager will be there for a good time and collect a paycheck, and you know that is what it is, you know. Um, but I'm looking forward to the match for next week. Uh, next, we had the Super Click attack Rapungi Vice backstage, and as the Young Bucks and Adam Cole were attacking, uh, Adam, Adam, I said Adam Page. I meant Adam Cole. Adam Cole uh, looks up like, "Hey guys, look who it is! The cam- the guy off a of camera." Steps in a leather jacket with Switchblade Jay White's logo, and he starts beating down on Trent Beretta. And he looks into the camera, and you know, looks at the young bucks, walks off. Um, really great to see uh, Switchblade Jay White in uh, AEW. But I was having a conversation with uh, with a good buddy of mine, my buddy Dylan, for the Making Cafe podcast. We were kind of sending tweets back and forth to each other. Uh, about this whole thing with Switchblade Jay White, and he makes a pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, analysis of this whole Jay White thing coming to AEW. So he was saying, wasn't Jay White in TNA not that long ago, and nobody gave a shit? But he's now in AEW, and people give a shit. I mean, him have the conversation. I said I felt like Impact doesn't Impact. I feel like Impact doesn't have a big enough audience for people to care enough. I was happy for him coming into Impact, but when they didn't even have a match between Omega and White. That would have been huge for them. They didn't have Omega versus White, Dylan says, in the Impact, because by that time, AEW had already given up on their talent swap with Impact. To me, it seems like people aren't following talent. If you really liked Jay White, they would have appreciated uh, They would have watched Impact to see him. And we go back and forth for a little while. And, you know, he makes a very good point. You know, he feels like people are more or less just siding with companies rather than, than the wrestlers because... Obviously, AEW is a much bigger company than Impact Wrestling slash TNA. And even though it's had a longer history, Impact Wrestling, AEW is the place to be, and AEW is the 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 fun spot these days, you know? Um and me personally, I love Jay White. I'm a Jay White fan. I have I've had the privilege of seeing him wrestle live. It was Madison Square Garden, him versus Kazuchika Okada in the main event of the G1 Supercard, where he defended the, uh, well, he attempted to defend the IWGP Heavyweight Champion against, Championship against Okada, but Okada beat him. But the match was fantastic with those two. And Jay White, for sure, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. I was keeping tabs when Jay, when Jay White was on Impact, when Kenny Omega was on Impact, but they didn't do anything with it. And to Dylan's point, you know, the, the Impact deal was coming to an end pretty soon, but hopefully we can get that there. And I think, you know, the prospects of Jay White uh, versus guys like, you know, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, John Moxley, Darby Allin, 
Sammy Guevara, MJF, uh, now Keith Lee, Adam Cole, Hangman Page. Uh, I think it's a very, very um, big landscape for Jay White. And I'm excited to see where things go. And obviously, he's not signed to the company. He's just kind of going a whole forbidden door thing. And the question is, how long will it last? We will see. Uh, next, we had a backstage segment with uh, Andrade Alidolo and Darby Allen Sting. Andrade Alidolo tells Darby that he will be the next TNT champion soon. Darby will work for him. Uh, Darby saying that he'll be TNT champion before that. I'm looking forward to this. Andrade versus Darby Allen in the near future. Um, Andrade's feuds in AEW have been a tad bit lackluster. That's not necessarily his fault, but the matches he's had have been very, very good. I mean, the matches he had with Pac, even the Cody Rhodes match, which is a little all over the place, that was good. I enjoyed that. Uh, but I think Andrade and Darby is a very nice clash of styles that we will see very soon, but most likely at Revolution. Um, and then next we had the tag match with FTR versus CM Punk and the mystery opponent. Who is that opponent going to be? It, was, it couldn't be Sting, it couldn't be Darby. It was none other than John Moxley. This was a fun tag team match, man. This was so much fun. Uh, FTR, again, arguably the best tag team in the world. If you ask them, they are the best tag team in the world. So I'll just say it. They are. Because I wouldn't want those guys hearing this. I mean, they probably might. Who knows? But I wouldn't want them to kick my ass over it. The fact of the matter is, Moxley and Punk uh, gel really well together as a team. They alluded on commentary to the whole Brian Danielson thing. And Danielson we didn't see on Dynamite this week. So maybe within a week or two, we will get an answer from John Moxley. Uh, it was a lot of fun, this tag match. Moxley and Punk had a doomsday device on FTR. That was fun. Uh, you know, they had uh, Tully Blanchard got involved while Punk was hitting the Anaconda Vice, and he was hitting with the jacket, and Punk's laughing, and Punk sort of hits the GTS on uh, Tully Blanchard. We had a spot where, you know, Punk was like, I guess, pushed off of like a kick out or whatever, whatever it was. I think it was like, I think it was Dax who was being pinned for a. Uh, a roll up, and then he kicked out, and then Cash hit him with the uh, with the ring bell, which is how they beat the Lucha Bros. Commentary said um, it was just a fun tag team match, man, and I I can see like CM Punk is getting a lot better in. I'm not getting a lot better, but I think he's finally getting his steps back in. He's finally, I think, more comfortable in the ring these days. Um, Getting back to where he is, uh, I mean, because the match with MJF last week was incredible. This match was a lot of fun with with John Moxley. Um, it's just nice to see two guys like John Moxley and CM Punk who were in WWE and they were incredibly unhappy. You know, both leaving and you know needing a re- uh, you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They you know like a, a fresh coat of paint or something. Um, and just seeing their passion reignited for wrestling again, just in this match, just it's just nice, you know? It's nice to see wrestlers enjoying wrestling and not feeling bitter about it, you know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm very genuinely happy to see guys like Moxley and CM Punk actually happy about wrestling these days. And, you know, they, make it, they don't make a pretty bad tag team. I wouldn't mind CM Punk and, and Moxley team up together once in a while. It'd be pretty nice, you know? I mean, God knows we've seen other other wrestlers who are singles wrestlers and intermingle with each other. I mean, look at John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston and Pentagon Jr. I mean, Pentagon and and Eddie Kingston uh, fought the Young Bucks last year, uh, and then they won a tag. Uh, they won a tag team. Uh, they won a uh, <sighs> fuck the title eliminator tournament. I'm sorry, it's it's late at the time I'm recording this. Um, and, you know, they had a great match against uh, the Young Bucks, Penta and Eddie, uh, in like a like a street fight. I think in I think it was in Texas that one of the street fight. But it was really, really good. It was it was a it was an awesome match. And I, it's not the first time. We've again we've seen teams intermingle with each other. So it wouldn't be bad. And fun tag team match, man. Definitely one of the best matches of the night. And we still have a world title match to go through. Uh Jade Cargill had beat AO uh, AQA. Uh, she was uh, said Booker T's student. She has an incredible 
Shooting Star Press. And as I was watching this match, we heard some guy in the crowd like, you suck. And then she just shuts him up hitting this amazing Shooting Star Press. And then it was strange to see we had Serena Deeb come out, another women's match, against Katie Arquette, no relation to David Arquette, and doing this five-minute rookie challenge. Um, hell, I'm, I'm for this. I need anything to get Serena Deeb on my screen more often. She's fucking fantastic. Um, and then we had a backstage segment with the uh, the Super Click. Once again, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. And then um, Adam Cole says that he brought Jay White. Uh, he says that Jay White will have the Young Bucks back when they face with Punky Vice on Rampage. So tonight, as the day this episode airs. And the Bucks says that Cole shouldn't have brought, uh, should have given him a heads up or something because Kenny and Jay don't really like each other. Cole tells them that not to worry, and as he's never steered them wrong before in the past, and when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. And as uh, Adam Cole says next, and I have my own bit. No, excuse me, boys, I have my own business to attend to. And as Brandon Cutler's running, rolling the camera, and, you know, Matt's like, "Do you know anything about this JY thing?" Brandon's like, "I might have read something on Reddit about it." Um, again, this is further building the whole storyline between, you know. Super Click, Adam Cole, Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Kenny Omega, the, the Elite versus uh, Undisputed Era feud we will be getting very, very soon, uh, whenever that will happen. No Red Dragon this week, though. Um, maybe Kyle O'Reilly's on paternity leave because he had a daughter recently. I don't know what it is. Um, but we'll see them again soon. And announced for next week's Dynamite, we have the Face of Revolution qualifying match. Uh, we have Jericho and Jake Hager versus Santana and Ortiz. Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez in a no-DQ match. That should be a lot of fun. And then this world title match. Holy fucking shit. What a great match between uh, Hangman Adam Page and Lance Archer. And real quickly before I forget. Real quickly. Now, um... Uh, AEW Dynamite was in Atlantic City, New Jersey this past this past Wednesday. Um, I live much further up north in in Jersey. Um, I live more than northern part of Jersey, and uh, I'm going somewhere with this, so just bear with me. I was driving uh, to shop right with my girlfriend that lived uh, near me, and uh, as I'm these two g- older guys are walking across, um, letting them cross the street, and one guy has a WrestleMania 35 hoodie on. And there's another, like, taller guy. I'm just like, who is that for a second? And then I realized it was Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts walked past my car. I'm like, oh, my God, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight, that's tight. And my girlfriend's like, wait, who? I'm like, oh, God, you don't know Jake the Snake? She she doesn't, she didn't watch that that era of wrestling. Anyway, um, I had to show him, like, it's Jake the Snake. It, you know, he's Lance Archer's manager. And I showed him, like, oh, my God, it's him. And then I parked my car, like, and I'm being serious when I say this. I parked my car, like thinking that, oh, that I, you know, I'm not going to see him again wherever he is. And I actually, my car was about five or six cars away from him. And I was, and my girlfriend's like, you want, do you want to like say hi to him or get a picture of him? I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I was just so like shocked that he was even in my area. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing here on a Sunday night in northern New Jersey? And then it hit me. I'm just like, oh, yeah, they're in Atlantic City this week. And I know I, I couldn't get a picture with Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, uh, he had left before I before I got out of my car. And he probably knew, probably realized, like, well, this fucking Mark wants to take another picture with me. I'm, I'm tired of these goddamn fucking Marks taking pictures of me. I, I guarantee he wasn't even a twinkle in his daughter's eye, in his father's eye, when he wanted, when he saw me. He ain't shit. <laughs> I don't know. It's my first attempt at a Jake the Snake Roberts impression. Um, but it would have been, it still was pretty cool to see Jake Roberts. And it was pretty fucking cool to see this uh, this uh, Texas death match between Archer and Hangman Page. Now, I've been saying for a little while that Lance Archer, um, I don't think he was a credible opponent to beat Hangman for the title. I don't think, I, I don't think any of us thought that. But man, they did a great job in this match. Um, the spots they were doing, like like Dan Lambert, uh, you know, unhooking the top rope so Hangman couldn't do the buckshot lariat was phenomenal heel work. You know, these guys sending each other through tables and you know Archer hitting his finisher with the uh, the ring step set up on the side. Oh, they're bloodied up. Archer just poking uh, Hangman in the forehead and the face with a fork, and he he puts the fork in his mouth. 
there's a barbed wire chair, and Archer just licks the barbed wire. I'm like, God damn, this one, this dude is one sick fuck, as the crowd was chanting. But what was so brilliant and was probably my favorite part of the match was as uh, the referee was getting barbed wire out of the ring. As he bent over, Hangman flipped over the referee, I think it was Paul Turner, and hits the buckshot lariat on Lance Archer on the two tables, beating the 10 count, winning the match, and it was awesome, man. I, I think, I believe I said earlier, I, Lance Archer is a great wrestler that I, I think he's, I think he's, um, he's my favorite wrestler that I think will never win the AEW World Championship. Not because he doesn't have the talent, not because he doesn't have the skills, or even the size for that matter, because I think this match proves that he should be world champion at some point. I just don't think AEW will pull the trigger on him. I don't know why, but I, but I just that's what I just think. And then Adam Cole came down, and he was clapping, and as Paul Turner is about to, the referee is about to give uh, Hangman his belt back, Adam, Adam Cole took it, put it over Hangman's shoulder, pat the belt, was clapping, and then left. So we are getting Adam Page versus Adam Cole uh, very soon. I would have to assume Revolution. We're getting an Adam versus Adam uh, match, and uh, I'm all excited for it, man. I cannot wait to see this match. Um, if Hangman, uh, well, rather, sorry, Kenny Omega has had enough time to recuperate and heal up, then I would love to see, uh, you know, I think Cole will probably lose. And then we, you know, we'll start bringing in this uh, this whole thing with um, <clears throat> with, with uh, the this whole feud of the elite and the uh, and the undisputed era. Uh, real quickly to go through a few couple stories. One, John Silver and Anna J are a meme. <laughs> so, if you haven't seen this, uh, it's taken from a shot from BTE where John Silver has his like he's like. Like he he has a beer in his hands and he's talking to Anna Jay and it looks like you know like it's that guy who's trying to explain shitty opinions and the girl wants nothing of it even that's that's Anna Jay's face right now. So uh, reading an article here from Wrestle Talk, uh, the Dark Order's John Silver has joined AEW star Hook and officially becoming a widely popular meme this week. Silver is a fan favorite for exciting ring style, natural comedic timing, seen mostly on Being the Elite each week. One skip from being the elite has now resulted in a trending meme that's circulating through social media since Wednesday. Twitter user uh, uh, Keel Bas- uh, Baskarage tweeted yesterday the original meme of John Silver drinking a beer and whispering to energy in the caption of, no, it's called uh, Backchin, and it means the monkey is actually mine. Um, you know, th- and now uh, another one person put up the uh, on Twitter saying, Gold X Fro. The Unholy Trinity, where it shows the guy at the baseball game and the Astros game hitting on the blonde girl, the guy in the flannel uh, talking into the girl's ear, uh, the the girl's ear in the club, and now we have John Silver. Um, there's been a bunch of them. The first one I saw was uh, they're they're trying to cancel Rogan for saying the N word set 117 times. It's not that big of a deal. That's and they're just trying to stop him. Another one I saw, which which is my favorite, honestly. Uh, my favorite one that I've seen today. It's uh, it's not a cum jar. It's a jizz jug, actually. <laughs> it's probably so much more. Um, I'm so happy. Even John Silver's like, I have officially become a meme. I'm so happy. This is so fucking funny. John Silver is one of the funniest wrestlers, maybe the funniest wrestler around today, and I'm really, really happy for him. Um. Yeah, man, I'm so, so fucking stoked, and it was so fucking hilarious. Uh, we also have here that Tony Khan provides an injury update on Kenny Omega. So, uh, as speaking with PW Insider, Khan stated that Omega is still recovering from his significant injuries, but is expected to return as an, in, uh, as an in-ring talent this year. Nothing is still... Uh, nothing still feels bizarre when Omega isn't backstage, Khan said. And the quote says, we miss Kenny Omega greatly. He's one of our greatest wrestlers of all time. And as a dominant champion in AEW for almost a year, and I personally miss Kenny Omega being around very much. He's uh, healing from a bunch of injuries, significant injuries, and he's wrestled through all of that and had some of the best matches in the history of the company while he was really beat up. That's also very true and, you know, should remember that he was fucked up his injuries and he still put on some of the best matches 
of his of the entire company's uh, career, uh, short history. He really cares a lot about wrestling and worked for his ass off to fill fill up and make his matches great even when he was in a ton of pain and could barely get through it and now it's time for him to uh, to rehabilitate and heal up and he's going to come back stronger and come back I hope as good or even better as ever I really believe the stuff he did while he was physically limited was so impressive I think he was absolutely the wrestler of the year 2021 and I'm very excited to Kenny Omega's return in 2022 it'll be a long time coming and we've been excited to have him back it goes on to say, the article that is from uh, Tony Khan here, um, he was coming in with major injuries and then he worked really hard schedule here in AEW too. Even though we don't wrestle every day, it's really for the average wrestler. I think it's the best schedule you could get coming in once a week. He was doing really grueling matches every week. He put himself out there, the fans, and then through the pandemic he never took any time off and for a long time there were like five people in history to the company that had never missed a show until the last year he was one of the five kenny omega has never missed anything until late last year and it was the kind of bizarre it was kind of bizarre when he wasn't he he, uh, wasn't there and it's still bizarre when he's not around so he's been so dedicated and even when he was physically beat up mentally i he was able to put together so many great matches during the title reign and yeah that's con kind of repeats himself over and over again but that's nice to see that kenny omega should return to wrestling sometime this year and again my my prediction is that i think he will return Maybe as early as Revolution, maybe a double or nothing. Uh, who knows? Because I know we're gonna get that feud with Undisputed Era and the Elite, just as long as we, uh, you know, go on and really build it up really well. So I think the last portion that we will talk about here is that Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar have been uh, matches have been announced for uh, Madison Square Garden returns. So, uh, WWE will return to New York City's Madison Square Garden on March 5th and have announced huge matches for this year's Royal Rumble winners. Madison Square Garden's website have released an updated lineup for the company's next event. Brock Lesnar will face WWE champion... Uh, uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar will face Bobby Lashley for the WWE championship in a Royal Rumble mirror match, while Ronda Rousey will team up with Sasha Banks to face SmackDown Women's champion Charlotte and Natalya. Uh, along with RK-Bro, AJ Styles, The New Days, Big E and Kofi Kingston, The Usos, and many more. Um, this is a bit of a super show because also on the card is Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. And also Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Ha, ha, ha. Sorry, Seth freaking Rollins. Ha, ha. Um, I, I gave my uh, my pitch last week that I still think Seth Rollins should face Roman Reigns and at WrestleMania be involved in this whole thing. And maybe, just maybe, they might be listening to me. I mean, hell, house shows do kind of set the tone as to where some wrestlers are going to go with their feuds on TV and WWE. Maybe Seth Rollins could get involved because personally, I think he should because at one point, his proposed match was going to be Shane McMahon, and Shane McMahon's other opponent was going to be Bobby Lashley, the current WWE champion. And also, WWE have no idea what they're going to be doing for the WWE championship match at all. So that makes me very happy as a wrestling fan. That makes me very Oh, excited that the most prestigious title, or one of the most prestigious titles in all of her wrestling history, doesn't even have a match set up in the works for WrestleMania. Oh, that makes me so fucking happy. These guys don't know what the fuck they're doing, do they? You know, they could have done Big E versus Bobby Lashley. You know that? They could have done Big E versus Bobby Lashley if they were going to just go the route with Brock Lesnar. Because... There's history. Big E's beat him before. And, you know, maybe you can have a nice fucking match and some redemption for Big E because he should get a rematch for the championship. He was unceremoniously thrown out of the Royal Rumble. He lasted six fucking minutes, got thrown out, has been treated like a jobber again. Not again, but he's been treated like... like if you turn on the TV and you watch the Royal Rumble or Big E or whatever and you're, watch, and you're telling somebody... 
you know, he was WWE champion about a month ago. And you'd be like, really? Uh, I, I can't tell. Really? The way there's the way he's presented, I don't think he, he, he doesn't look believable as a champion. Exactly. So you could have done, you could do Bobby Lashley versus Big E, but Big E has been quietly moved back to SmackDown. He's back in the, they Kofi'd him, you know, meaning when Kofi was in, uh, was uh, when he lost the championship, he was kind of just back into obscurity. He was back into New Day. And, you know, at least Big E, you know, he was on his own. And I was like, no, 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 you're back with, you're, you're back with Kofi. You're back with New Day. It's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense what they do, man. You know, because they separated Big E from New Day when he became champion. They separated them again, and now they put them back together. Just fucking pick one already. Either have New Day be split up, have Big E on Raw or SmackDown, have Woods and, and Kofi on Raw or SmackDown, or have all three of them together. There is nothing wrong with all three guys working together, okay? There's nothing wrong. Nobody has to split up from anybody. Nobody has to be fucking enemies. Nobody has to fucking turn heel on anybody. They can just be friends. It's okay. We can still have friends in wrestling. It's not a big fucking deal. But the way I see things going, I really don't think we're going to get a championship match for the WWE title without it being a title for title match at WrestleMania between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be Roman versus Brock. I, Brock has a very good chance of winning the Elimination Chamber and going on to WrestleMania because I'll look at the current Elimination Chamber uh, standings. Uh, Elimination Chamber 2022. Uh, the good old Google machine. Um... Because we'll look at, take a look at who's in the match. We have the champion Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory versus Riddle versus AJ Styles. Now, AJ, uh, I think, uh, I mean, he could possibly win the U.S. title on Monday. Who the hell knows? Um, again, again, I think AJ should face Edge. Um, Kevin Owens will probably face Damian Priest at WrestleMania. That's what I think. Um, personally, I just, I think, you know, we should do better for Drew McIntyre because I'm looking at him right now and he's going to face Madcast Moss. And they're probably going to do Happy Corbin versus Drew at WrestleMania, aren't they? Like, really, guys? This guy carried his back on the company for you during a pandemic and you're going to reward him by giving him a match with Mad with Madcap Moss at the Elimination Chamber, and potentially a match with Happy Corbin at WrestleMania, I don't know, man. You can do much better than that. You can do so much better than that. Come on, guys. You know you can do better. You're just fucking lazy. And as for Roman Reigns and, and Goldberg, eh, just get out of the way. Get the fucking match out of the way. Goldberg has one more match left in his in his uh, contract with WWE right now for the year. Let it get out of the way of Saudi Arabia. Nobody wants to fucking see it except the Saudis. Just let it fucking happen. Roman will win. And hopefully, you know, we won't get a title versus title. Because I think Bobby should probably face, again, someone like Big E. You know, maybe he could face Matt Riddle. Maybe he could face AJ Styles. I mean, just... just I don't know, make a fucking plan for your WWE champion, you know? I don't know, man. That's that's my personal opinion. That's my take on it. I still think you could get, you could throw Seth Rollins in there, and this is giving me a glimmer of hope since Seth is going to be facing Roman at MSG on the 5th of March. I think we could definitely, definitely see uh, a triple threat because I think that's what they should do. WWE do triple threats really, really well, and I think they forget that sometimes, you know? You know, Roman, Brian, Edge, Triple H, Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Seth Rollins, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. I mean, we've technically seen Roman versus Seth versus Brock, but it wasn't a real advertised match at WrestleMania. Do you realize that Seth Rollins has never once actually headlined a WrestleMania. You're probably thinking to yourself, of course he has. Like, no, he hasn't. He has not gone on last as a main event of WrestleMania. And I'll prove it to you. WrestleMania 29. Seth Rollins was still with The Shield, and they faced The Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. I was there at WrestleMania. The Shield won. 
The following WrestleMania, the Shield were still together and they had a match against Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Didn't last very long. Next, WrestleMania 31, as we all know, where the heist of the century happened, where Rollins cashed in at WrestleMania 31 in the middle of the match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. He lost to Randy Orton that night and cashed in later, became WWE Champion. WrestleMania 32, he was not there. He was injured. Then, WrestleMania 33, he faced Triple H. WrestleMania 34, he was in the opening match with the IC title and won the title at WrestleMania 34. WrestleMania 35, I believe I was at that WrestleMania. That was back in MetLife, yeah. WrestleMania 35, he beat Brock Lesnar in the opening match of WrestleMania. Then WrestleMania 36, he faced Kevin Owens. WrestleMania 37, he faced Cesaro. So there you go. He's never been actually advertised for a main event match at WrestleMania in the actual main event of the show. And I think it would just make things more interesting. We saw how great of a job Seth and Roman have have worked for recently and just in the past in general. I think we need more Seth Rollins in this feud because personally, I would just love to see it. I would just love to see Seth Rollins in the match. I would love to see Seth Rollins win, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. If we can get him in the match at the very least, that would be great. And you know what? I'm going to need all your help. All of your help who follow us here on Twitter at TNAWP and maybe follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214. We need to get Seth Rollins the main event WrestleMania. You need to get hashtag or something. Hashtag Rollins for main event. Or hashtag Rollins for, ma- for mania. All right. Hashtag Rollins for main event. Let's do that. Hashtag Rollins for the main event. Or hashtag Rollins main event. I'll work on it. I'll keep you guys posted. Follow us on here on TNA, at TNAWP and CJ underscore 1214 on my personal Twitter. I'll keep you guys posted. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Uh, hope you're all staying safe out there. If you're enjoying wrestling, let me know what you thought about Keith Lee's debut. Let me think. Let me know what you think about AEW right now. Let me know what you think. Do you want to see Seth Rollins in the main event of WrestleMania? Make it a triple threat, Brock versus Roman versus Seth? Fuck yeah, you do. I know you do. Uh, let us know. Um, uh, let us know on Twitter. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite podcast, podcast app would be apple Podcasts, spotify google play stitcher wherever you can find us um leave us five star review if you can write a review uh really helps out the podcast here really helps uh boost the numbers really helps us get the podcast going uh wherever we can go um thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the not another wrestling podcast i have been cj palmasano and i'll see you all next time